ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM, and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Fidoff. Thank you all so much for joining us here, as you do each and every week across our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you may be watching us. We do appreciate you being live here with us on the chat every week. We do have great conversations with you folks. Joining me tonight with one and only Earl Nieto. Jacob Terrell may be joining us here in a little while. He, um, they have a family situation going on tonight. So uh, Jacob has said he would be here, but we'll have to hop off early. So we'll see what happens with Jacob this evening. Uh, Earl, we do have a lot to get to in the show this evening. And uh, I feel I feel comfortable asking you this burning question before Jacob gets on the air. Who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got no comment on that. <laughs> no comment at all. I didn't think you would, but uh, you know, I do appreciate you being here, being a good sport about it. We, we, I, but listen, did you know that there's only one superstar undefeated at SummerSlam? Uh, I believe it's Mysterio. Nope. No. Oh, who is it then? Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Ah, okay. Well, I don't think we'll see him in action this week, so. No. Jacob, glad you could join us. Appreciate you being here. Jacob has uh, some sort of beverage in hand. Uh, this is tea. Okay. This is a whiskey sour. There you go. Very proud of you drinking on the show tonight. <laughs> Hey, can we talk about the whiskey sour? Have you ever had a whiskey sour? I have. I have. It's it's my new favorite drink. There you go. I believe we were talking about that a couple weeks ago over at uh, B-Dubs. Maybe. I don't. I didn't think I had had one then. I thought I had just tried it recently, uh, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I thought you mentioned, I know we, we were talking about some drinking stories. I've been making... You're talking so. about your expensive whiskey. I've been... No, I don't have an expensive whiskey. I have an expensive tequila. Yeah, you do. No. Oh. I just have boy bourbon that's all i have uh <laughs> i have been making a lot of drinks lately those a lot of different drinks so it might have been another one it might have been the whiskey sour i don't remember all right well there we go so uh you just missed the one burning question i will go ahead and repeat it for you since you did join us quick enough who's your daddy um what what i just what did i just walk into <laughs> so the proper answer to this is not vince mcmahon Oh, was this a Vince McMahon yes. section? And I missed the Vince yes. McMahon section. Yes, we. Uh, so on a, on Monday Night Raw last night, uh, Roman Reigns apparently went off script and told Theory that Daddy was no longer there. So uh, the fan, the, the crowd started chanting, "Who's your Daddy?" or "Where's your Daddy?" Something to that effect. So it was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, yes, the, as Jake as Earl said, the, the the correct answer is not Vince McMahon. So. Uh, but yeah, glad you're here. Uh, hope everything is doing well. Have you heard from your wife? Is everything? Uh, we don't know what's going on. Okay. Um, obviously, gonna... obviously don't give details if you don't, you know, if you're not, yeah, I, just... I don't, I don't have details. They're going to do a, uh, they're going to do something tomorrow, put a camera somewhere and see if they can find what's making it. She has internal bleeding is what mm. I think is going on. Okay. Uh, so they're going to, uh, be trying to figure out more tomorrow. Um, What's going on, so Harry? Allie is either 
is either going to stay there tonight or come home today. She she actually doesn't know yet. So okay, I'm waiting to hear from her. I'll probably be able to do the whole episode, and even if she does come home. So yeah, those two aren't list aren't talking to you, Harry. Just so you know, <laughs> I'll talk to you though. Harry, 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 we appreciate you being here as always. Uh, always, always good to see you over in the chat. Uh, Harry, we, we Harry topics have, tonight. does Harry have thoughts on the whiskey sour? That's all I want to know. All right, well, there we go. We'll find out. We'll get Harry's thoughts. Seth, the host with the most. Thank you. Thank you very much, Harry. Yeah, I got the got the second of two new kits on this evening. And, uh, you know, we've just got we've got a lot to do. We've got Detroit City to talk about. We've got New York Red Bulls. We've got Academy signings, which we have been negligent about. We do. I do also want to talk about uh, John Morrissey's recent uh, projections over uh, over on USL Tactics, because I know we have some uh, interesting thoughts on that. And uh, guys, we, and or, l- j- later we're going to talk some SummerSlam. Jacob, we weren't. Yeah, sure I can't wait to talk about bum ass Corbin. <laughs> we will get to some SummerSlam, which is, of course, this weekend on Saturday evening. And uh, United's match is on Sunday night. So works out pretty well for everyone. Sunday afternoon. Here. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, technically, Sunday afternoon. Yes. Um, not used to this East Coast, West Coast thing anymore, are we? Huh? Um, but yeah, I mean, let's jump right into news of the week. Uh, first off, the Academy signings. There were quite a few Academy signings that popped up over the past week, week and a half or so. Uh, 12 new players, uh, I believe it's 12 new players. 11 new players were signed to the Academy roster uh, for New Mexico United. Uh, Alex Wagoner, Javier Trujillo, Yuto Okatani, Jace Sice, Jackson Dubois, Chase Ricker. Wait till we get to the next one. Chase Ricker, Cole Bachezuski. But you see, yep, I, I'm going to make sure I get that one right. Miguel Quinones, Jamal Bynum, uh, who is the younger brother of Lamar Bynum, current Academy player, or I'm sorry, current U23 player, I should say. Winston Starr and Baela Brucker signed to the all signed to the Academy roster over the last week, week and a half. So United is definitely on the move looking for Academy talent and a lot of guys that are familiar to those who do happen to follow high school soccer in and around the state. Uh, so congratulations so, um, to all of those players. I, I missed a couple of those names. Can you say them again? <laughs> I will not until I get a pronunciation guide from the club. So there you go. Um, do appreciate, you know, I, I mean, I'm excited for this. You know, we've seen the Academy move some guys on up into the collegiate ranks, some guys move on up to the first team. And uh, we definitely see the the reach of the academy growing here in season four. So, um, did you guys look at these signings? Anything in particular stand out other than uh, the fact that a number of these kids want to be professional soccer players? I uh, no, um, I <clears throat> I don't have the bandwidth to follow <laughs> high school soccer. So, uh, of course, the Bynum uh, name jumped off the page because of of Lamar, but. Other than that, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. See if any of them make the jump up to, to a uh, first team or at least the U23s in the next couple of years. And and uh, still just love the program. Love that they. I mean, 11, 12 new names. That's that's a, a lot of kids that are having an opportunity to do good things on on and off the pitch with this club. And and that's that's exciting in and of itself. Even if you don't recognize the names necessarily. Yeah, no, it definitely is, and we talk. We try to talk about the academy whenever we can. We do get out to as many academy matches you know, when we are able. Um, but yeah, just seeing, like I said, seeing the reach, seeing the growth, and seeing the opportunities that these kids are getting through the Somos Unidos Foundation, 
Um, and the Solzhenitsyn Ball, I believe, is still uh, they're still still selling tickets for that. So, um, you know, they're looking to fully fund the the, the academy for the next year uh, as an as an outcome of the of the ball. So, if you have the ability and you're listening to the show, please go out and try to get involved with the ball. Uh, donate to the foundation in any sort of way that you can, and uh, help give these kids a chance to continue to develop and, and grow in their and they're footballing and have the opportunity to work on that pathway to pro that USL likes to talk about. So, um, yeah, a little bit more news. We did have uh, team of the week was announced, I believe earlier today. And Chris, Wehan did make the bench this week. Uh, yet again, United gets a bench mention, doesn't get anyone in the 11, but still another honor for bees there off of his fantastic uh, shot on Saturday and he had bees had a really good game on Saturday. And uh, I mean, let's just, let's just jump right into it. Saturday, Detroit city FC, uh, New Mexico United final score two two up at Keyworth stadium. I mean, guys, I had a lot of fun watching this match. Uh, we knew going into it that Detroit has basically been the darlings of the league this season in terms of uh, the amount of coverage that they're getting and, and how well they're doing. And so, we had our thoughts going into this. I kind of felt like Detroit was going to be a little bit weaker across the back, stronger through the midfield. And that kind of played out. You could see moments where Detroit's back line wasn't very good and it gave United some attacking opportunities. But Nate Steinwash, of course, stood up, had a fantastic game for Detroit City. And apparently the referee had a fantastic game in his own mind. A uh, number of questionable calls. Uh, we can discuss those if you guys want. But looking at this match, I mean, for initial impressions of the 2-2 draw in Detroit. In the, not, I say Detroit, but it's out, just outside Detroit. So at Keyworth Stadium. Earl, he's pointing at you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've, I've actually slipped since then, so I don't even remember the match. Um <laughs> gonna be honest what i do remember this is why this is why we can't get sponsors earl (laughs) what i do remember of the match is the four goals that were scored total um Mm -hmm. i had to go back and watch the last one because i stopped watching because i was actually going to the duke the knob hill summer fest that what it's called something like that um so yeah, so I didn't even watch the entire match. I stopped watching right as Dev took the header, and then I turned off. And Why? Then I got a notification on my phone that United scored. I was like, what "The fuck!" All right, ninety second minute, and you turn the yeah. TV off with you when United sends the ball into the box. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was not at home. I don't care where you are. I was already in Albuquerque. We had parked the car. So we we're gonna walk central because that's where all the all the fun stuff was happening, and so I turned off my phone. I stopped watching, and then they scored. Had my wife driven about four and a half miles slower, I would watch the entire game. Or you just don't turn off the phone. Where'd you get that cup, Earl? Yeah, I this, see it. Where'd you get it? This came from Aloha. Wow, wow, lemonade stand in Albuquerque. I have an identical Curtis, cup. I saw a video. I, I saw a TikTok for that place. I have an idea. Of I, the Knob Hill Summerfest. Okay. I feel like I have, I, I, I'd have to check, but I feel like I either have or had an identical cup 
that I got in 2017 when we went to Oceanside, California. And every Thursday night in Oceanside, they have like a, they shut down four city blocks and have a bunch of vendors moved in, move in. And they were one of them. And we got lemonades from them. And so that's really kind of, good lemonade. That's kind of funny that five years later, you, you also have one. And I'm pretty sure it's the exact same place. Or Probably. exact same company. But I digress. Um, yeah, no, I, I saw them on a TikTok from, uh, I think it's at Alex Nicolette. She does a bunch of like restaurants and stuff in and around town. Um, and so I think she went there for one of her videos. So that's why I, that's why I recognize that room. Yeah. So, anyways, we're not trying to, we're, so Aloha or Wow Wow Lemonade Sand, if you're listening, we would love a sponsorship. We are trying to get paid. I have kids to feed. <laughs> you don't. You're the only one that doesn't. <laughs> Either way, I have kids to feed. Um, I got kids. You have a dog. Um, okay, I- I'm still stuck on... Okay, you you guys give me crap for being the soulless one on the show. And Earl, you turned off the match. Earl with United has, attacking at the 92nd minute. Earl has, Why? Earl has earned, over the last four and a half years, the moniker of not being a soulless robot. I have yet to see you cheer. <laughs> For anything United has done in the moment. So that's why you're the soulless robot. Earl gets a pass because he was with his wife and they were yeah. busy. And happy wife, on, happy life. Busy on Central doing who knows what. Earl, I, so, will. Hey, hey, hey. I will. Hey. I will say, Earl, to turn it off at that moment when the ball is going into the box and literally anything could happen, I don't understand. And Earl just went black. Uh, I can't. I can see him, but the light's pretty much gone. Um, there he is. All right. So you went. You went back. You had to rewatch it. What you know? What was your thought on that goal? Obviously, there's some uh, there's some issues that folks have taken with the offside, not offside call here. Do you feel like you know? <laughs> did you have an issue with the way the the play came out? No. I watched it a couple times. I don't feel like that was offside. Um, Jacob is probably going to disagree. More than likely going to disagree. But it's whatever. I don't care what he has to say. Um, I don't know why you're painting me with this brush. Because I saw your Facebook comment. Um, I didn't say it was for sure offside. I said that it's close and the camera angle is questionable at best. If you had to put a gun to my head and give have me give you an opinion, I would say he was probably a little bit offside. But I, at the end of the day, I can't tell. And I'm yeah, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I watched it a couple times. I yeah. don't think he was off. I think yeah. the guy on Dev's right um, was right on line with him. Right. So it was Dev's right. Yeah, to Dev's right hand side. Dev's right hand side, which would have been oh, is he facing Nico's left hand okay. side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dev was <clears throat> facing towards Tembeckis. Gotcha. All right. So yeah. um, so yeah, so the guy on Dev's right hand side, I believe, was right on line with with Nico. Which I'm sorry, that's just a weird way to say that. Just say the guy on the far left. <laughs> Why do you have to bring Dev's right or left into it and confuse the or entire just say, world? Or just say the guy at the top of the box. Yeah, the that. guy. On the left top of the box. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, I digress. 
the guy at the top of the screen looked like he played Nico on. Yeah. And, but yeah, the but guy again, that kept the guy that kept Nico on side kept him on side. There you go. The uh, the that whole play though, if Detroit doesn't have three center backs all go to dev, but nobody go up and contest, they all just kind of like gravitate to dev, but nobody jumps mm-hmm. or nobody really tries to jump. If if they just mark Nico and somebody actually contests dev. We're probably not having this conversation anyways, but I don't know what the guy that was. If you look when the ball goes in the air, there is a guy on Nico's right. And he drifts all the way past Nico to where two other DCFC players are and leaves Nico just with acres of space, relatively speaking, when you're talking about in the six yard box. And I, I don't understand why or how that happens in that in that situation up by a goal with in the 92nd minute the only chance that we have is scoring basically on this ball and you leave one of the better best goal scorers in the league that wide open they deserved to, to get scored on there even if it was a little offside because that was just a terrible defensive play yeah, no, it absolutely was. Um, but I, so going back to my original question, you know, Jacob, what was what was your initial reaction to how United played in this match? Um, we need Romario to be very good. Is is what I took away. Uh, I didn't think any of the forwards that were involved in the match uh, had a particularly good game. I felt like there was a huge disconnect between the midfield and the forwards. And most of the time when I say that, I'm blaming the midfield. But this, the forwards just looked disinterested to me. Um, and then when they were getting on the ball, especially like in hold-up play, they were like, Nico had like two or three super heavy touches. And I've seen him have several of those the last couple of weeks. And I think it might just be, he's just exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, we had seven. Or we after Sunday, we will have played seven matches in the month of July, including that stretch of five and fourteen days or fifteen days, whatever it was. And uh, he's played the majority of the minutes in all of those. Um, and so Romario coming in and being a ninety-minute, eighty-minute, seventy-minute player, and uh, being able to bring Kisavetter and Sandoval and Preston in off the bench. And keeping everybody fresh, even Nico getting a breather and playing Romario up there in place of Nico for a little bit, uh, I think will do wonders. But in this match in particular, that's I the touches by the forwards were were terrible. Uh the bright spot, of course, uh you mentioned earlier team of the week bench. Uh Weehan comes back after missing a month or more. Mm-hmm. I, I'd have to look at when the last time he was in, but it's been a while. And uh, looked like he hadn't missed a beat. I mean, <clears throat> the goal, the goal was one thing. The the couple of chances that he had that weren't goals were even more impressive. That one run where he made the guy at the top of the six, and then was one on one with with Shishishpanta, um, was was spectacular, and he just didn't finish. But it wasn't one of those like he didn't finish because he kicked it right at the keeper. It was he didn't finish by like a couple inches and the keeper made a 
a really good save. So yeah. uh, he looked he looked phenomenal. Um, we can get Romario fully fit and and up to the form that we know he's capable of in the USL, and then get Nico some rest uh, so he can be healthy. I, I think we're we're in pretty good shape. But uh, all in all, the game was I don't know good, not not spectacular thought we could have played better we could have definitely played worse a draw is probably the the right result there even with the referee issues um and uh you go to a place like detroit city we've we they've only we talked about it last week i think they've only lost there once uh only had like three draws um and have a pretty intense atmosphere over there that kind of rivals us for once and um I think I think it was a a good a good result given the the run that we've had this month and the stretch that we're in and and some of the things that we're dealing with on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm happy with it, uh, folks. If you are with us on Facebook or YouTube, please go ahead and hop on over in the chat. Throw your questions and comments in there uh, as we talk about Detroit City, and we'll get those answered uh, as we go through our discussion. And if you're with us on Twitter, go to YouTube so that you yeah. can join the chat. Of course, you, you can watch on on Twitter, but you know, throw your questions and comments over on Facebook and YouTube. Of course, uh, you know, gotta help that ad- algorithm out a little bit. Um, but to your point, Jacob, you know, I felt like United played pretty well. We came out with a high line. Uh, we were pressing very well. You, we nearly created some turnover opportunities early in the first half, and I felt like we kept that up for quite a while. We looked really good in that. We were really disrupting what Detroit was trying to do, especially out of the back. Um, and as comfortable as Steinwasher looked between the sticks, he definitely had a few moments when he was trying to get the ball out and those defenders had the ball trying to get the ball out in their, in their own defensive third, that they seemed real unsure, especially with the high line that we were throwing at them. And, uh, I felt like that's where our forwards were the strongest throughout the evening was doing that press. And like you said, they weren't necessarily the ones that were threatening goal. It was, you know, Chris Weehan, it was, you know, we saw a couple other guys get some shots off as well, or, you know, make their way into the box. And so um, the midfield really stepped up in this match. And I felt like they outplayed the Detroit midfield. Um, oh, for sure. And, and definitely took advantage of the opportunities. Um, that being said, you know, Detroit did get a very good opportunity uh, or a near opportunity in about the 20th minute. They got into the box. And of course we saw the uh, questionable handball call against Kalen Ryden here. Um, I was just looking at the replay over on the uh, match page on uslchampionship.com, and they don't show the actual replay where they get in up closer to where you can see like where the ball hits him. Now, a lot's been made to the rule changes as far as handball goes. Like if it hits you up here, it's not a handball. If it hits you down here, it is. You know, basically if it hits you on the sleeve, it's not a handball. I mean, it's a handball, guys. He punches it. Well, he, it looks like, oh, I'm not, hit. I'm not it talking about like Kalen or I'm, I'm talking about Kalen, not the Detroit yeah. player. No, it looks like it's going to hit him up here, but then he goes because it's kind of coming towards his face. looks like he goes to cover his face. And when that upward motion, he hits it with his hand, with his actual literal hand. And then it, when it hits his hand, it, he hits it with his hand and then it hits him in the shoulder area and then bounces off. It's, it's a handball. I mean, it's. It's debatable. The problem is that his, because his, his hand and arm is, is in a natural position, it's not like he's not making himself bigger. From that distance, the referee could have easily just not called it. 
but I, I don't think it's because it's it's here and then he brings it up. So it's it's in a nap. It's like tucked. It's not like a chicken wing, but it's tucked in his hands down and then his hand comes up and he hits it. Well, see, I, I'm running this back and forth and I wish I had a better better angle, a better you know way to look at it. And it looks like what happens is it comes up and he br- he does bring his arm up, but it hits up here. He doesn't actually hit it. It just I don't know. I, it, it when they but, zoom in on it with that one the one yeah. replay that they showed when they zoom in on it, it it he it certainly looks like it hits him like in the forearm or the fist yeah when he's coming up yeah. and then it, 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 that yeah. ricochets it off of his shoulder and then it hits the guy on the ground um i can i can see what you're saying you know but yeah from from most angles it looks like it bounces up it hits high and he's moving his arm like he's he's not like he doesn't punch it but that's that's what i see but yeah from that from that distance from that angle hands and arms in close the referee could have easily not called a handball against kalen there and call the handball against detroit city um so questionable call obviously um it's really hard to tell where exactly it did hit him if he if he did if it did go off his forearm yes clear handball if it bounced up hit him higher up it's more subjective you know the referee right. could have gone either way um from what I see, I think the referee made the wrong call here, but you know, uh, the Detroit was able to step up. They converted their penalty. Um, one of the few times we've seen Alex actually go the wrong way on one of these. Um, so Detroit takes their, takes the early lead there in the 22nd minute, 23rd minute. And then of course, you know, down at the other end, I know some people were screaming that the foul on Kisa better was not a foul. Um, but I, I completely disagree with that. Oh, stupid glare. Yeah, there's too much glare on that. I can't even yeah. watch it. So, I, um, ESPN won't let me screen grab or screen record. No, it won't. And it's yeah. infuriating. It is. I wish I could do that. I know the, the club has something. I think it's, they use a Clip Pro or something like that. And I would love to get my hands on that. If um, you if you go to the rematch or the rebroadcast of the whole match, and go to the 31st minute of yeah. the broadcast, you will see the the replay that shows him literally move his hand up and hit the ball into his upper arm. So I, to me, it's the right call. If you see that replay, it's, it's fairly obvious. Okay. Well, we've moved on from that. We're talking about Beezus free kick now. I know, um, but I was trying to see <laughs> what, okay, cause I wanted to see if I could find it. Cause I, I hadn't watched. It. I know I could find it. I, I hadn't, I hadn't watched it since, I watched it live yeah. and watching it live. I was like, Oh, okay. That was a handball. But then hearing everybody bitch about it. And then you're saying it's not a, you, you thought it was the wrong call. I was like, ah, I don't know when I saw that replay, I was fairly certain it was certain it was the right call. So I wanted to look it no. up and see if I was crazy. So I just watched it about 18 different times. Um, what are you watching? It doesn't, now? it doesn't hit his hand. It does. I Dude. just saw it. Dude, you need glasses. Do you no, need have glasses? On. Have contacts on. You might want to get those prescribed again. His hands down here. He comes up. He hits the ball. The ball <clears> hits him <throat> here, and then bounces away. All right. Well, here we're three New Mexico United supporters, three New Mexico United media members, and we can't even agree on the call. So um... that's because you guys are being homers right now. <laughs> it is clearly a freaking handball, dude. No, I, no. I'm... He by the time he picks his arm up, it's already hidden his face. No, it's not. Oh, you're fucking drunk. You know, you know, in my coverage, I don't home around on this club. You know that I don't. Like, Soulless I, robot. There you go. 
Um, anyway, oh bees. My God. it doesn't even hit him in the face, Earl. <laughs> bees, 25 yards out, beautiful delivery. I thought that the, the, the take on this was absolutely perfect. Uh, upper 90, Steinwasher just didn't have a chance. I mean, how, how good was it to see Bees step up you, and deliver you, a shot like that? You guys won't believe God, me, but that does not fucking hit him at all. Yes, it does, Earl. You guys won't believe me. You guys won't believe me, but I turned to my wife when he was lining up to take that, and I said, this is going in the back of the net. And she, she of course, wasn't paying attention, had no idea what I was talking about, so she just looked up from her phone and then looked back down at her phone, and then it went back in the back of the net, and I said, I told you, and she did not care. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Beast put a fantastic delivery on that. I mean, it was just inch perfect um great to see him back and do it we've seen him do things like that in the past and it's just great to see him actually you know get the opportunity to do that again um after whatever injury it was that he had um because even even the week prior like we found out you know in the in the actual broadcast that he had was on the injury report he wasn't on the match notes that we had so seeing him come back and you know not being on the match on the injury report this week um, good for him. And then, yeah, if you talk about that second run that he had that was inches away. That was in the 46th minute, uh, just stepping through the Detroit back line. And, you know, that's one of the things that I, that, that I saw in Detroit uh, in, in their prior matchups to where I felt like they had some issues. And so seeing someone like, you know, Bees being able to just step through them and put that up, I thought it was great for him. Um, Earl, what was your take on uh, Detroit's second goal? Obviously around the 60th minute, ball into the midfield. Uh, like Sam and a Detroit player went up. Uh, Sam obviously gets the brunt of the of the hit there, goes down, no call from the referee, and play continues the other way. Um, so there are a couple different things that I, that I see on this play. Earl, what, what did you take away from it? Hang on, what were you saying? I'm still trying to prove Jacob wrong. <laughs> Detroit's second goal. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on that, on that run of play there? Uh, what was the second goal? Uh, that was the one where Detroit got possession in the midfield after what appeared to be a 50-50 ball. Uh, no was call foul second, when Sam went down. Second, court, second half? Yeah, 60th minute. 61st minute. 60, 61st minute. Let's see. Because I honestly don't remember, legitimately do not remember. So, yeah, 60, oh, okay. uh, 50 If you're looking at it on your on your on your match time, yeah, I'm at sixty. Let me fast forward twenty three. All right, let's see here. Yeah, so header there back towards the center of the pitch from a Detroit player. Uh, that might have been I, Justin that went up. I remember this play. Hard um, yeah. So while he's looking it up, I'll talk about it. Uh. Yeah, Justin goes up, gets elbowed in the back of the neck head area. Um, like you said, no foul was called. It Detroit City gets possession of it right away and then then springs forward. Of course, <clears throat> there's an obvious foul. Uh, kind of catches us off guard. We don't have anybody on the left hand side for whatever reason. And uh, what's his name? Win. Yeah, Win slots at home nicely. Um, Aside from the foul, it was a very good play by them. Uh, complete lapse in judgment on our part. But um, Tambach has did what he could. He, he, you know how many of those he's stopped? I feel like every time they get a one-on-one with Tambakis, Tambakis stops it. Mm-hmm. 
And so when he didn't stop this one, it was kind of shocking. Yeah. But at the same time, you're, you're not supposed to stop those necessarily. So uh, it was a well-taken kick, uh, well-taken shot. Should have been a foul, in my opinion. That's why I think that and the offside call and this and that, I kind of all all wash out. I think I think the only the only call I don't have a problem with uh, on a goal that was scored was the penalty, uh, ironically enough, because uh, maybe you could call the, the free kick foul, not a foul that we hand took. Uh, this one clearly had the foul that I thought marred it and then the offside call, who knows. But um, it's just one of those things where, you know, we give up two goals. It's only the third time we've given up two goals this year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so... I, I I like that stat. I wish it wasn't that case tonight, but I think if you look at it, a penalty and then something like this, it you know it's bound to happen at times, even with a solid defense. So I want to correct myself. Alexi was the one who played that ball back into the middle, but yeah, Justin went up. Justin played the ball, took a took a real shot. hard foul. Yeah, took yeah. a shot in the back, and somehow the referee didn't blow a whistle on that, which I I don't understand at all. Um, how, and how it, a foul and wasn't called there. He even looked, Justin even looked back like, really? Yeah. And and I think everybody kind of might have stopped. I There's not an angle that shows what happens behind the ball on the defensive side for us. I don't know if Alexi and Raiden and, and Seymour are, are caught off just for a second expecting a whistle, but it... So- it it sh- feels like it should have been a foul call. Yeah. Watching the replay here, um, I don't see them stop. Oh, they, they they don't stop, but they do. Kaylin and Alexi both kind of go like, "Hey, what? You know, what's this? Uh, what's the, the call?" The infamous um, hand raise. Yeah, so hate they, the hand they raise. both do this. They don't stop moving though, and you can actually see one, um, a few seconds later, there's a Detroit player in an offside position behind them. Now, so they're still kind of pushed. They're they're still kind of pushed up, maybe around the center circle and then farther to their right, Will Seymour's pushed far, even farther up closer to the mid towards the midfield. Line. Yeah. So, so Seymour pushes up way too high for one. Um, when he's playing right back and he's attacking in the middle, um, attacking the ball in the middle, um, even I, and I'm not even a soccer person, like a soccer guru. Even I know you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that left a giant hole for Schwartz, who was beat all night, um, to try and make up the play. I, see him. I thought you didn't remember the match, and now you're now you're throwing Schwartz under the bus. I know he was beat on this play, and I don't even know if he was necessarily beat. I think Seymour is the one that's out of position, and Harry's trying to cover for him. Yeah. But you just you just threw him <clears> under the bus <throat> like he was terrible the whole time. Yeah, Seymour's out of position. Uh, I feel like Kalen, Kalen didn't slide over to help pick up that run either, because um, Kalen kind of kind of sat center center of the defensive area over back over towards the left. Didn't slide over to help cover that, and so yeah, that gave Declan Wynn all sorts of room to get in on the left there. Um, so I mean, there's a number of issues with this like ten seconds here, starting with the the no foul in the middle, but. Um, uh, yeah, to, to your point, Jacob, this is something that Alex is going to save, you know, nine, nine times out of 10 from what we've seen. Feels now. like it. Yeah. It's yeah. that shouldn't be the stats. The stats should probably be closer to 50, 50, but that's definitely what it feels like. Yeah. The last two seasons with Alex back there. Yeah. Earl, you mentioned Harry being beaten all night. What were you seeing out of Harry that, that you weren't, um, that you weren't liking? 
he just looked a step slow the entire. Uh, so from what I've rewatched and from what I kind of remember now, I like Jacob Shane Green, by the way. Um, just a little bit. So from what I've rewatched and what I kind of remember is he looked a step slow. He didn't look <clears throat> look on pace. Um, and there is a text I think from from the whiskey headed giant on the other side of it saying that. That he looked pretty bad too. Yeah. Harry and Suggs have been invisible. So that just reiterates That's, what I just that, said. That wasn't no, that wasn't on the mouth. defensive side. Shut, they just weren't mouth. contributing Shut on the mouth. offensive side at all. Like they do. Like... <laughs> also, I will say Seymour. I didn't I had it I couldn't remember fully, but in rewatching it, Seymour comes up. Not necessarily unwarranted. Like he's defending the guy with the ball. It's just he had no help. So he should have realized he had no help behind him and not worried about that guy right there and dropped back. But I don't think that's on Swartz. I almost don't even think it's on Seymour. I think it's just kind of a bang bang play. It's really just and, bad defensive and, play, is what it is. I don't know. Um, yeah, because if Seymour doesn't if Seymour doesn't pull up, Harry doesn't have to try to track back. Yeah, but if Seymour, um, even if, if, Harry, Seymour even doesn't... if Seymour does, and Ryden moves down, making it a two back, that gives uh, Harry some time to get back. But regardless, neither here nor there, they scored the goal. It's whatever. Um, we can sit here and bitch and moan about it all we want, but it's not going to really change the fact. I think it's just an unfortunate play. Yeah, so it makes up for the handball that was called on us. So, did you not see the video that I just sent you? If you watch that you video realize, and still think it's not a how handball, small it came in. Then, from oh, because I sent it to Seth too. Let me send it to just you, Earl. Right, you no, do no, that. no, don't worry about it. No, don't worry no, about it. I already no, watched it. No, I already watched it. No. If you, I'm going to send you this video. If you can look me in the straight face and say that you still think it hits him in the head and isn't a handball, I'm kicking you off the podcast. That's all there is to it. <laughs> I'll be back in um, Don't worry. So after that second goal from Detroit City, I felt like United didn't give up in this. They didn't. They kept pressing forward, kept looking for opportunities to, to get into the box. And, and we did see there um, – at the very end, uh, ball gets delivered into the box for Devin Sandoval. Sandoval hands, heads it down for Nico Brett, who does finish uh, to the to Stein Washer's left, to his left. And uh, obviously there are some shouts for offside here. There's not really a good angle. It does look like he gets played on by the right by the by the right back. Um, you can't see anyone, you know, towards the, the near side of the pitch due to the camera angles that are available. Um, but you know, I, I felt like United kept pushing for this and it felt really good for once to be on this side of a stoppage time goal. Um, and it felt really good to, to get out of Keyworth, uh, with a point on Saturday. That's actually the second time we've done that this year, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah, it, there's been about four times this year. Where we've been. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's been three for yeah. sure, but, but no, I think, um, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think it 
with the mat with how the match played out i thought it was a fairly well played game uh by us with a couple hits of him mistakes in the fucking mouth it doesn't hit him in the face it never even touches his face earl dude it hits him in the fucking mouth no it doesn't <laughs> all right we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one i don't understand i don't understand how you see that it never gets close to his face it hits him in the chest anyways um happy with the point how many point how many goals should we beat red bulls by though yeah, that, that is a great question on for the for this coming Sunday. New York Red Bulls obviously sitting dead last and looking like they will more than likely win the uh, wooden spoon this year. They are well, four points off the pace of Charleston Battery, who also have looked hey, Robert. miserable. Uh, Robert, how you doing? Glad to can have I, you. Can I tell you a crazy fact about Go Red Bulls it. right now? Yeah, their last five I matches. Fucking missed it. Their last five matches. They have been outscored no, sixteen to one. Yet, they won one of those matches. Outscored <laughs> sixteen to one, yet have a win in those five matches, and that is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. I beat Indy Eleven two weeks ago uh, by a final of one nil. Yeah, the Red Bulls are not good at all. I mean, they are exactly what an MLS two team is. They are a developmental team. They bring in guys. They try to develop them and move them on. Hang on. Time out. Time out. Jacob. Yes. Bastard. Yes. Look at the picture I just sent you guys. Pictures, <laughs> pictures from those things don't work at all. Look at the fucking picture. <laughs> oh, I haven't got anything yet, Earl. Don't you fucking lie to yourself. All right, there's the picture. Um, so Red Bulls, a minus 31 goal differential, two wins on the season. Um, the, yeah, the bottom of the East, yeah, is just terrible. Okay, um, okay, real quick. The picture makes it look like it hit him in the face. However, the fuck it does. Yeah, okay, even if it hits him in the face, he hits it into his own face. That's where the handball is called, is when he brings oh, his God. hand up, it hits his hand and hits him in the face. Or the chest, whatever it looks like. <laughs> um, you are a jackass. Okay, okay so Red, Red Bulls 2. <laughs> Gentlemen, negative yes, 31 you. goal differential. They have one win on the season at home, six losses at whatever their home stadium is. And they're just not a good team. They're just not. Um, they're like one of the worst in the league at like pretty much everything. Um, this is a match that I would hope to see United go in and put up at least three goals on them. Um, I feel like if we go and only put up one, I'm going to be questioning, okay, what did we do? You know, what weren't we doing against a team that's this bad? Um, but I would expect at least three out of this, given our propensity to attack and the, and the weapons that we do have. Right, Earl. Right. Okay. This this segment, the segment thirty minutes, thirty five minutes ago, completely derailed this podcast, and I yes. apologize. <laughs> I apologize, but I feel very I strongly about this. All right. So on the season, New York Red Bulls two have allowed forty one goals. Do you know how many goals they've scored based off the stats I've given you already? Cool. Uh, Eleven. Ten. I was close. I was closer. Red Bulls have played oh, 20 matches. <laughs> 20 matches, and they scored 10 goals. 
Like, I know MLS two teams are all leaving, and I'm sure we'll all miss Red Bulls too at to some extent. Yep. But good riddance. They, I mean, they you, haven't been this bad before, though. No, they haven't. This is like, like last year. I think they competed for a playoff spot. Uh, I know if we go way back several years ago before us or before New Mexico joined USL, they won two titles in a row, if I'm not mistaken, or at least got to the championship two years in a row. The year before we joined, they almost made it to the championship. They lost to Louisville in the semifinal or the Eastern conference final. They historically, they have not been this bad this year for whatever reason though, they are loud and level bad, which I say that, and then I cringe a little bit because last year when Loudon was Loudon, referee, uh, we lost. So <laughs> I, I know, no, no, I get it. We were the better team that night for sure, yeah. but that doesn't mean we didn't lose. No, I get which it. Which yeah. doesn't mean that there's no way in hell that we lose this game because there is. <laughs> there is a path that we lose this game. I was talking to my buddy Will, though, and before this month started, I said we had seven games. I wanted 14 points. If we get 14 points out of these seven games, especially with that condensed first half of the month, mm-hmm. I would be happy. Well, we're not going to get there. But if we win this game like we should, we were sitting at 13 for the month of July in seven matches, and I would be happy with that. But boy, if we lose this match, even if we draw, I, I'm i not going to come on here and panic like I did last year, but whew, I will... It will, it will not be a pretty podcast next week. That's for sure. No, a draw in this scenario, in this matchup, is like is as good as a loss. It really is. Like we've, mm-hmm. we, yes, we're undefeated in six matches, which is great. You know, we're undefeated in, in our last six. We're playing pretty good football. We've we only, been, we've been we only have football. we only have one loss in our last thirteen. Yeah, yeah, which isn't terrible at all. The the problem is that. We're not. We're still not getting as many wins as we would like. We're mm-hmm. still seeing far too many draws. Um, we had some real opportunities in this past month. We've got a real great opportunity here to put some space between us and El Paso and the other clubs below us in the table. Um, because if you look at who they who they have coming up, um, let me pull up the schedule. I'm doing that. I mean, looking right below us, you know, obviously El Paso. It, we've got three matches in hand. El Paso still there. Two point two points behind Las Vegas. Uh, even on matches, they are four points behind. Sacramento has one match in hand on us, and we've got five points on them. Uh, and even LA Galaxy, who LA Galaxy inexplicably lost to Orange County 5 2 the other day. Did you see this? I did. They got Eloskis. Eloskied. Yeah, that was incredible. I, I just out they, of nowhere. So, that happened. so everybody that's out of the playoff picture right now, they're all the same to me. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you go up to Las Vegas, if you want to include Las Vegas, even El Paso to an extent, Sacramento, sometimes even us, like a result, like El Paso playing any of those teams below them, any result would not surprise me. Right. They destroyed Monterey Bay five, nothing at one time. I would not be surprised if when they play again, Monterey beats them two nil. Yeah. They're just, it's, it's almost, there's just so interchangeable there. Even though you look at it and there's, 13 points between El Paso and Monterey Bay that that's not necessarily indicative of how good of a club Monterey Bay is at times. Monterey has been very good last few weeks. Right. And so I could see 
anybody beating anybody on any given day. Now, five to two is kind of crazy, but Galaxy kind of have those weird defensive lapses where they'll they'll be cruising along and then all of a sudden they'll give up like six goals in a game and you'll be like, what the hell? But then they'll come back and win their next two. Yeah, they've now given up nine goals in their past two matches. Los Dos have, so. Um, yeah, I mean, El Paso plays Louisville City this weekend. So if we do not take advantage of this, because honestly, I'm expecting Lou City to, to beat El Paso. If we don't take advantage of this and pick up three points in New York, I, there's just no, there's just no explanation. There, there's no explanation for that. So, no. um, I mean, Red Bulls are not a good side. They don't play good football right now. Um, they have, yeah, their ten goals are spread around between six six players. Um, two guys each have three: Jeremy Raffanello and Jordan Adebayo Smith. Um, Adebayo Smith is a guy that I've had my eye on. I think he's an interesting player. Um, I think he's someone that could potentially give. Um, others a run for our money if he plays off the shoulder of like Raiden, but uh, this is a match well, that United should win. That's because you think Raiden is, uh, should retire. That's <laughs> I did not say that he should retire. <laughs> I did not say that. I, and there were, and honestly, Kalen still had some moments in this match. I'm like, okay, Kalen, what are you doing? So, um, all right, let's just, let's go ahead and we'll get into it. Cause I, re- I really want to talk, um, about uh john morrissey's data here in just a minute so uh score predictions for sunday afternoon against uh uh, new york red bulls two three nil okay jacob uh is there going to be a handball in this match earl (laughs) uh ah shit guys um What did we beat Phoenix by? Seven? Seven. <laughs> ah, let's uh let's go five. Five. Okay. Five nil, three nil. I'm gonna say four nil. And I honestly I, I'm gonna throw this out here right now. I think Ford Parker gets to start on Sunday. Really? Yes. I don't think we see Nico. No. I, no, I think we- Nico takes the day off. Yeah, I think Nico sits. I think we see Preston up top or maybe even Sergio up top. I think Romario possibly gets a start. Um, I would like to see Mondo get the start and get some playing We time. didn't even – yes, we haven't even mentioned that. Amando Moreno finally for the first time in almost the year not listed on the injury report. Was also not in the 18, but yeah. was not listed on the injury report. And it wasn't one of those where we're like, well, is he in? What's going on? They they said for the first time in yeah. however many months he is not on the injury report. Yes. So it was it was done that way on purpose where it's not like Illich who's been missing from the 18 <laughs> and the injury report. It's not like Weehan who was missing from both. Uh, he was just not on the injury report, uh, which is great news. Yeah. I don't think I want to see him start. No, uh, no, not, not for his first match back. But I, I would like to see him come in. Now, I, I don't know that we'll see him on Saturday. I think we see him in two weeks. See, I don't know. If he was off the injury report last week, why not bring him in against a terrible Red Bulls team to try to get some confidence? I, I don't – I can see what you're saying, and I don't blame you at all. I wouldn't blame them if they did. I just think the the pop that he – I mean, he's going to get a, a pop either way, but I think, you know, I think waiting – because he just started full first-team training last week. 
So I think I don't, that's why I don't think we see him this week. So I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens with Amondo, but Amondo is back full first team training. Super excited to see that. Um, but there you go. There's our predictions for if, this weekend. If we could see Amondo and Romario make their Ooh. debut season debut slash club debut club debut for Romario, yeah. I'd be very happy with that. Um, that I think that duo up top is going to be very dynamic. I I the the names on this freaking team in the attack are insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nico Brett, top two goal scorer in the league. Romario Williams, 50 career goals total, or over 50 career goals. Uh, looked spectacular for Miami a couple years ago before he left to go back overseas. Um, Weehan, Rookie of the Year. Uh, club MVP, I think, two years in a row. Um, Moreno, coming from Chicago Fire, when we signed him, and how good he looked before he got hurt. Kisavetter, U.S. national team player. Uh, on paper, this offense should be two, three, four goals a game easy when everybody's healthy. We'll just have to see if that actually comes to fruition because that hasn't been the case in the past. Yeah, no, it definitely hasn't been. And, you know, we've talked about it before. You know, we were kind of told early, or you guys were told early in the season, you know, talking about scoreline predictions, you know, when you guys predicted like five nail things like that, kind of you know temper the expectations a little bit. Four, so. four nail was my go-to last year. <laughs> I haven't. I think I think five is by far the highest I've gone this season. Speaking of which, did you get anything from David as far as that interview? I've not. I have not heard anything yet. Okay, I was just curious. So, uh, we are working on an interview for you guys. I will let you know for sure when awesome. I hear something. Um, so you mentioned Phoenix Rising just a minute ago, talking about how United put a 7-0 spot on them a few weeks back. I did. I didn't. John Morrissey segue at USL right Tactics. There. Yes, it segue. was. Great segue right there. Thank you. Um, you at USL Tactics over on Twitter. If you don't know him, please go follow him. He's a guy that does a lot of statistics, a lot of analysis, uh, has his own website and also writes for Backhield, who I do want to throw a, a – a, a, a shout out to Backheel has a Q&A with USL president Jake Edwards over on their website it went up yesterday if you haven't checked that out already please go do so that's over on, on Backheel um, so one of the things that John does is he puts out a expected points and playoff odds projection for each of the clubs in the USL championship now when he put out his data this week I took a look at it and I think I may have been the first person. I think I was the first person in our group chat to say something about how, how this kind of shook out and no one was really reacting to it over on Twitter. Uh, Now, Jacob, I know you eventually did put out a a tweet in response to this, but looking at the Western conference, John Morrissey has got San Antonio FC, San Diego, San Diego, Colorado Springs, New Mexico United and Sacramento all at playoff odds of 80% or higher. Uh, Sacramento of course does have an 81% in his projections. Coming in next, beyond those first five, he has Phoenix rising in his projections with an estimated 46.1 points and a playoff odds percentage at 57 points. Now, <clears throat> and then he has them, he has them jumping, uh, his, or his projections has, has uh, Phoenix jumping El Paso, LA Galaxy, and Las Vegas lights at this point. Um, now, to me, this feels the, the 
now, okay, so let me rephrase. John, you know, Jake, have you put out a tweet in response to this saying you felt like it was high on, on rising, trying to understand what it was? And and I understand, you know, John's methodology, throwing in past results over the past <clears throat> couple seasons. Now, when I look at this, I'm, I'm a stats guy. I'm not a statistician. I'm not a mathematician. You know, I don't write fancy formulas. I, you know, do my own little bits of math here and there. I think this is have. I think – I think his formula is far too heavily weighted on past performance and doesn't consider enough current performance and trends in, in these clubs. So that being said, I sincerely believe that Phoenix is overrated in his projections. I believe Sacramento is overrated in his projections. I also believe New Mexico United is overrated in his projections. Um, San Diego, Colorado, San, San Antonio, I'm good with them. Um, I feel like El Paso is about right. Galaxy, I feel, is a little underrated. Um, of course, they're probably being dragged down by past seasons. Um, but my big issue here is Phoenix Rising. Now, Rising has not been good this season by any stretch of the imagination. We're sitting here 20 matches in. They're on 24 points. They are uh, at currently six points out of a playoff spot. Uh, they're also way behind on goal differential. I, I had to look to see what their results are against Sacramento and LA Galaxy to see uh, what the tiebreakers are. But I, I'll start with Earl because I know where Jacob sits on this. Earl, do you actually you don't? I don't. Okay, right. Earl, go ahead. Earl, where where do you stand on this? Do you feel like John has Phoenix <laughs> Rising? Um, Earl right. looked like a little chipmunk. <laughs> he said, Earl, where are you? Th-? And he like looked at the camera like, oh shit. And then his little mouth was like. <laughs> yeah. And, and so this may be a Stephen A moment here. I don't know. But Earl, where do you, do you feel like John's formula has rising projected way too high at this point? All right. Can you do the, so, can you do the Brian Winhurst Hurst fingers? Do you, you guys don't watch basketball, so you probably don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Earl might. What is going on in Phoenix? Let me <laughs> ask you this. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I have no comment. I mean, I, I look at Phoenix and there's a fucking shit show. To where you have a supporters <laughs> group. Staying quiet for 20 minutes of a match. Hanging a TIFO during the National Anthem. Saying, peace out, Rick. Um, Say your goodbyes, whatever the fuck it said. Um, And then you look at their Facebook page, and they're just bashing each other at this point. We got one very well-known person on this podcast. Um, Yes. Calling out another person... Forgetting his feelings her over the over the TFO. I'm pretty much saying if he didn't like it to fucking leave and he's a little bitch and all this other shit. Um regardless, um do I think this John guy is a little high on Phoenix? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have literally watched Phoenix lose what are we at? Nine in a row? Not lose. They they have not won in nine games. They've no, drawn a lot. A, they're they're a not on a losing, losing streak. No, they're not. They have won. They've drawn their last two matches. I promise. Yeah, they did draw just, their last two. Yeah, just lose, like I promised it was a handball against Kalen. 
I'm never wrong in these things. You're so, always fucking wrong. So right now, looking Phoenix at the at the results, Phoenix would lose the tiebreaker to LA Galaxy. Um, I'm looking to see where they're at. They, I believe they would lose they lose they would lose the tiebreaker to Las Vegas. Um they are even right now with Sacramento and uh Oakland. Let me see, have they played Oakland yet? No, they haven't. So okay. they're even so Jacob even was Oakland. right. Jacob was right. They did draw the past two, they lost one, and then they drew again. Um regardless, Robert against they they did this all against some decent teams. Okay, what are they going to do in the playoffs? They're not playing the New York Red Bulls. They're playing decent teams in playoffs. They're playing Colorado Springs. They're playing San Antonio. Regardless, I don't care who they play. They could play fucking Nashville FC for all I care. Um, This John guy, I'm not on Twitter, so this John guy is super high on... On Phoenix and definitely is drinking Rick Shant's Kool-Aid. All right. Jacob. Let's get let's Which get your we take all know we all we all know that Rick Shant's Kool-Aid um, probably has a little more than water in there for sure. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay, so oh, if you guys don't know, Robert is a uh, San Antonio fan. Yeah, yeah, he was okay. he was here a couple weeks ago, was he not? Yeah, he was. Yeah, just saying. I didn't know if you guys. Uh, and he and if I remember right, he complimented us very much. So I appreciate you, Robert. Yes. Um. So we talk about Phoenix and the run of form that they are in. Uh, let's look at El Paso, shall we? One nothing loss to San Antonio, in El Paso. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Four nothing loss to Oakland. What? Yeah. One nothing win against Colorado Springs, which we can talk about Colorado Springs later if you want. They are not in a very good run of form. A two two draw against Atlanta United two, yes, and a nil nil draw against RGV. Then they they did play the aforementioned Red Bulls and beat them five nothing. Um, so their form isn't exactly screaming. We're on fire right now, right? They also have played several more games than Phoenix three to be exact. Um, now they do have, you know, nine more points already in those Phoenix would have to, in those three games, they'd have to win all three just to tie El Paso with those games in hand. So I think he's high on them. He's high on Phoenix, a little too high on Phoenix uh, just because of the damage that's already been done. The fact that you know there's there's six games out of eighth place, let alone seventh. Um, but I look at that group, like I talked about, from El Paso down, and anything could happen on any given day mm-hmm. when though any of those clubs face each other. <clears throat> and so for his model, when you have models like this and formulas like this, they they can't use math from the future because that math doesn't exist. So they have to use math from the past. So his formula, his his way of coming up with these predictions, I can understand why it holds Phoenix above a team like Las Vegas Lights, above Los Dos, above Oakland, because it's a formula. Right. When you factor in that kind of stuff and the eye test, 
as well as, you know, where they sit in the table currently, I, I do think it's high. But do, do you think it's too heavily weighted on the past? Well, it has, to, it has to be too weighted heavily on the past because it, it mathematic formulas like his cannot use... I'm not saying try to use future results. I'm saying use current results. But even still... Weight those just, li- I, I'm saying to weight them a little bit higher. Yes. Yes. I could, I could see them doing that. But El Paso, we just talked about their form. Mm-hmm. Not great. Las Vegas. I haven't looked at theirs, so let's look at theirs. Maybe, yeah, maybe theirs you're, you're is a lot four or five. You're, you're talking too much. Listen. D- don't 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 mute me. Don't mute me. <laughs> okay, don't I won't mute, mute you. Me. Did you know that Las you. Vegas has won four or five? Okay, so Vegas, no. Vegas. Listen. Honestly, with no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. With Did with you Jones, know. Uh, what Earl? What what rising, am I supposed to know? Rising as one isn't just the club motto. It also is the amount of points that they can win at one time. <laughs> I, I I like it, but I'm I'm depressed by it. Um, in John's in John's model, if if you show me that model and you put Vegas above Phoenix and leave everything else the same. Just take Vegas, move them past Dos, El Paso, and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly probably okay with this model. Way more. Way more. I think Vegas is the one team that I look at that and go, I don't know, man. I, I think Vegas is actually pretty legit this year. Yeah, They've I, had think, a couple I think they're patches. too low. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> way too low. And Phoenix is too high. But everybody else, I mean, from Phoenix down in his rankings, I don't know what to think of any of those teams. I the think, Oak, thing, I think Oakland's thing. a little too low, but I don't think that they should jump. Like, say, I don't think they should jump up more than like maybe one or two spots. But they don't—they don't have <clears throat> the current season for them isn't spectacular, right. and the past seasons aren't anything to shake a stick at. They only have one, so there's not a whole lot of sample size when it comes to past results. So I don't—I look at Oakland and I'm like, eh. I could see him making the playoffs. I could see him missing. I don't know. Yeah. The the two things from this, from his, that my gut is telling me is Phoenix is trash because of the emotional things that are going on there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Even, even if Rick is good, I mean, Rick obviously has proven himself to be a decent coach in, in this league in particular. Um, pause. Oh, I got it muted before Nicely I sneezed. Done. Nice. Um, even if Rick is, can come back and get these players back on his side, which honestly, the last two matches haven't looked that bad to me. Uh, the fans are done. The fans are, are completely fed up, uh, with Rick and the organization. And that's not going to change because Rick's not going anywhere this year. I think if Rick was going somewhere this year, it would have already been done. So just because of the turmoil that's over there, I don't see them making a run. Robert, I'm assuming you're referring to the USL Championship uh, power rankings. Probably. All right. Yeah, I mean, those are an absolute, those are an absolute freaking joke. Like, I, I, hate, I look at them, but I hate Power them. rankings are meant to get people talking. That's all they're meant to do. Yeah. Tampa is not the best team in the league right now. They're just not. I mean, it's San Antonio, heads down. 
San Antonio is the best. No, I still I still think New York is hands down best. <laughs> I don't um, know, guys. I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to think about Phoenix. Um, I don't think Chance is going to get them back. I think they've got far too many issues. Yes, they looked better. However, I think that those results. Uh, yeah, Nicholas Murray wrote those. Um, I feel like they're the, these two recent results out of Loose City and uh, and I, Sacramento that fell more on Loose City and Sacramento than it did Phoenix because Loose City had opportunities. Loose City had plenty of chances to to take that match in hand. But Ben Lunt stood on his freaking head again and kept Phoenix in that one. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I, I looked at this. I did some math of my own. Um, again, not mathematician, not a professional stats guy. I love looking at stats. I love being analytical. We are approximately 58% of the way through the 2022 uh, USL championship season, 58%. So I took that number. I went and I looked at the past three seasons for Phoenix Rising. Over the past three seasons at the roughly 58% point of the season, Phoenix Rising had already obtained approximately 58% of their point totals for the entire year up to that point. So by that math, looking if Phoenix follows the same form this year, they follow the same pattern this year, they will end up on approximately 41 points. So by my math, my projections, I have them a lot lower than what John's got them finishing for the year. Now that's just very quick math. I don't have, you know, I Mm -hmm. didn't do all, you know, win losses, draws. I looked at actual, I just looked at results. I looked at, you know, point totals. I looked at what, how, what they'd done to this point in the season over the past three years. And given Phoenix's form and what their upcoming schedule is as of right now, six of their final 14 matches are against current playoff teams. Now they still have a number of teams that they have to play twice coming up. Um, and Oakland is one of those teams. Oakland is a team that I think could win two matches against Phoenix this year. And Oakland obviously out of the current playoff standings. So I think, I think John's, I mean, I appreciate what John does. I love reading all of his data. I love looking at it. I just think it's too heavily weighted. And I don't think Phoenix is going to hit that mark. Um, just like, I don't believe that we're going to hit that 52.8 point mark. I don't, I don't think, I think we may get to 49, maybe 50 and be you know, securely in a playoff spot. But I don't think we hit that, you know, 52, 53 points um, because the back end of our schedule is going to be rough too. I mean, as of right now, nine out of the 14 clubs that we face are currently in playoff position. So, um, I mean, does that change anything for either of you? Do you think that, um, that, that Phoenix does outperform? Because, I mean, Jacob, you said on, on Twitter that John's model basically has Phoenix at this point doubling their point total in their final 14 matches. 24 points in 14 matches. I mean, obviously it's possible they've done it. I mean, they've, you know, we saw that last year go on, a, you know, 11, I think it was what, 14 match win streak, 15 match win streak last year. So it can be done, but I don't think they can do it this year. No, they're not going to. All right. My argument wasn't for them. I, I didn't think they were going to meet that, what he's projecting. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I don't know what's going to happen below us. El Paso down is just a crapshoot to me, but no, they're not going to meet that point total. They're they're not going to get that far. Okay. Earl, do you have any, any input on this? Have you been listening? (laughs) Yes. He's he's still watching the replay. I sent him. (laughs) Um, No, 
Just move on. Just move on. <laughs> I mean, look, looking over the East, looking over the Eastern Conference, I feel like he's pretty much spot on with the Eastern Conference. Um, I do think Tulsa is slightly underrated, but I, I think they're going to have a hard time making the playoffs at this point. But um, can can I kind of um, argue about your guys's take on Nicholas Murray's power rankings? No. <laughs> Power rankings are not a season-long thing. It is like their form right now. And if you look at Tampa Bay's last five games, even if you go back a little bit farther, it, there's some incredible results in there. And San Antonio is 5-0 and in their last five. Yes, but if you look at competition and style points, San Antonio has the 5-0 match against Atlanta United. Okay. Then the rest are against Tulsa, who's not a playoff team right now. Charleston, who's almost as bad as Red Bulls. They have a one nothing win against El Paso on the road. It's and I'm not I'm not shitting on these okay, wins. One just nil, so you know. Okay, so you said one nil El Paso on the road, one nil against Colorado on the road. Yes. Uh Tulsa is not a bad team. Tulsa is a very right. good team that can beat any given team on your day. A two one okay. win at have home you looked at Tampa's though? Yes, I have been watching Tampa's. So so Tampa has two Two crappy teams right away. Their last two have been against crappy teams. So 3-1 win against Atlanta. Okay, nothing to shake us again. 4-1 win against Loudoun. Okay. 3-2 against Hartford. Okay. They beat Memphis 2-0 when Memphis was the talk of the town. And they just shut everybody up when it comes to Memphis. Memphis is in a... They're not in a free fall since then. But Memphis was on freaking fire. And Tampa Bay... Shut the shut them down. Just shut them down. Then they a Pittsburgh team that we just played. We know what how Pittsburgh how good Pittsburgh is. We we've seen them here against us. We know how good they are. They're sitting in fourth place. They've got thirty seven points. Very good club. They destroyed them five to two in Pittsburgh. So, I'm not saying Tampa is above San Antonio. I'm just saying it's not. Oh, no, it's not that. They, and even if you go back farther than that, they have a one again, one nothing win against Louisville. They have a two one win against Miami. They, they've been a very good club for a solid two months now. And maybe I don't think San Antonio is as good as their record is, but that's true. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, watch, I watch San Antonio and I just don't, I don't understand how they're doing it. I just don't. It's not. I understand it's that they're doing football, it, but they're but, they're doing it. And and so, I, I think Tampa. If you look at just current form, not what they've done all year, but current form, Tampa has an argument to be above or right there with San Antonio. That's all I'm yeah. saying. That's a great point there, Robert. Uh, Tampa against the West Coast, against the Western Conference. They went nil-nil against Oakland Roots. Uh, let's see. They also lost to San Diego Loyal 3-2, beat Phoenix 5-1. I mean, who hasn't beaten Phoenix at this point? Um, yeah. Yeah, but I you're mean, talking... You're East talking versus about, West is not very good for the Eastern Conference this year. You're talking about games in April and March, aside from the Phoenix game. And San Diego, it was also in April. I'm just saying, I, Robert brought I'm the East versus West thing. I'm talking about current form and power rankings, because that's what power rankings are, is current form. 
I still think San Antonio should be tops of that. I, I I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I'm just saying it's not as cut and dry as you guys are saying. All right, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, there we go. I, I, unless anyone else has anything else to add to the uh, uh, to the conversation about the uh, rankings by uh, John Morse at USL Tactics, are we? No, I I just like you've already said. I've said it several times on Twitter to him. Uh, what he does is God's work. Yeah. Uh, the the fact that he puts in this much time and effort into this stuff for a lower league team or lower league club or lower league in the USA uh, is incredible. And the fact that he does it for the most part, just because not a job or anything like that uh, is insane to me and go support him as much as you can. Um, because it, it's worth it. It's just so worth it. Yep, absolutely. So again, shout out to at USL Tactics, John Morrissey over on Twitter. You can also find him writing for backhealed.com. Uh, again, go check that out. Q&A up as of yesterday with USL right. Championship President Jake Edwards. Covers a number of different topics. Uh, MLS Next, uh, ProRel, the possible change in the schedule, uh, Super League, a lot of information out there. Go check that out. Um, and I did promise Earl we would get to this one final topic this evening. Uh, other than an, other than us not being sure who his daddy is, we know that this is, of course, SummerSlam week. Uh, SummerSlam, of course, Saturday evening. If you're not if you're new to the show, we do talk WWE from time to time, particularly when the big uh, premium events come up. Uh, so Earl. Uh, SummerSlam Saturday evening. Obviously, the the main event is uh, Roman Reigns. So before and Brock we get to Reigns. that point, okay. Before we get to that point, can we address the fact Jacob has the same haircut as Roman Reigns? <laughs> are, you, are you guys done? No, no, not even what? close. Why not? <laughs> because I was just pointing out the fact that you have the same haircut as Roman Reigns. Yeah, he's my hero. He's my daddy. He's uh, <laughs> your tribal chief. <laughs> did you just acknowledge him as your tribal chief? No, no, I, I did not actually. I, I said well, something. Then. I said something way more <laughs> controversial, in my opinion. <laughs> but well, no, Jacob doesn't know what acknowledging him as a tribal chief would all entail. So no, I don't. I don't understand that reference at all. I do know that the wrestling expert and the semi-expert over here both were wrong on Vince McMahon. So uh, just just want to throw that out there. And I, I, who know nothing, who knows nothing about current WWE, uh, was correct. Fucking mute this guy. I said I didn't think he was coming back, but. Oh, okay. I yeah. maybe I'll just talk shit there all then. Yeah. So uh so the 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 cards for this match, obviously the headliner, Roman Reigns championship against Brock Lesnar, last man standing match. You have Pat McAfee taking on Happy Corbin. This one I really want to get Earl's take on here in just a little bit. Uh Bobby Lashley taking on Theory for the U for the US championship. Uh is uh, is is Knoxville on this card? No, no. Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> Logan Paul is, however. Nah, nah. <laughs> uh, the Usos versus the Street Profits, Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey, uh, Riddle versus Seth. Ronda Rousey is still awesome. wrestling, yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought Sam she died. Match. Uh, 
just in the wrestling universe, not in real life. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Uh, that one looks interesting to me. Uh, Logan Paul versus The Miz for God. God, that's the match. Yeah. That's the match. Logan Paul the versus The douchiest guy on YouTube and then the douchiest guy ever to wrestle for WWE. <laughs> uh, who root, Who do you root for in that match? My gosh. Um, Damian Logan Priest Paul. or someone to come in and interrupt. I don't know. But Damian Priest is, of course, in the f- other match of the night. The Mysterios versus the Judgment Day. So uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor, dun, dun, if you don't dun, know, dun, yeah, dun, are the Judgment Day. So, um, Jacob, obviously, you recognize a few names on this. Are there any matches that stand out to you as something you might want to watch on Saturday? Because we, you have to admit, you have been somewhat intrigued by the WWE talking. You have been watching. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one, I love you guys. So I, I try uh, the people that I love. I try to take something that they're passionate about and get into it a little bit. Um, but no, no, I don't. I just <laughs> the the only thing. I mean, from what Earl has talked about, Rain Roman Reigns, and then what I know of Brock Lesnar from the days when I watched. That sounds like a very intriguing match. I also know that Earl had a take uh, where he thought that they would just beat the level and crap out of each other, and then Austin Theory would cash in his money in the bank um, and, and get the championship there, which when you, when you mentioned it earlier, I was like, yeah, that that I could see that. But when you mentioned it's a last man standing match, of course that's what's going to happen. <laughs> How is that not what's going to happen? So... Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens there, uh, mainly because Lesnar's always been, I won't say my favorite, because uh, he, he's he's been a heel quite a bit, and I've hated him a lot, but he's been intriguing in WWE to me uh, for a lot of the time that he's been there. Uh, and then with Earl's heart, Earl's heart on for Roman Reigns, uh, I just got to see what happens there. All right, there you go. So we'll get Jacob's reaction to those oh, matches. Also, uh, the Mysterios, uh, I I don't want to watch it because watching Ray uh, is just sad to me now. Uh, I think we talked about it at, at uh, WrestleMania. Um, he was he's been one of my favorite wrestlers. He was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, um, and I was excited to watch him. And then I watched the match, and I'm like, this this just kind of isn't what I want to watch Ray Mysterio do. Uh, he just can't do what I want him to do anymore. So. It, Kind of interesting, kind of not. Um, so I, I like to. He so was asking me a question, damn it. Shut and I still have matches that I want to talk about. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so on that Rey Mysterio topic, real okay. quick. Okay. If you watch the past couple weeks of Raw, I have not. Yeah, okay. he is older, and mm-hmm. yeah, he is getting mm-hmm. a lot slower. Um, oh, yeah. but he has implemented new tricks into his arsenal. Okay. One that Eddie Guerrero was famous for, where he would hit never, the, never say that name to me. Never say Eddie Guerrero to you. I hate that guy. Why? I mean, you just he annoys the shit out of me. Okay. Anyways, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um. Anyways, rest in peace. Uh. Rest. So yeah. So now Ray's starting to do the Eddie Guerrero tactics, where he hits the chair on the on the ring and then tosses the chair to the opponent and then falls on the ground, makes it slam, and then gets the person disqualified. Loving it. Yeah, I gotta love the throwback to, to Eddie. You know. 
you don't. <laughs> you, you don't. Anyways, carry on with the match. I remember when they stuff. hated each other. I remember their big feud, and I could not. No, stand that was that was a play because they wanted to work together. They're practically brothers. I understand that, but carry me on. watching me watching as a fan back then, did you cry? Hated Eddie Guerrero, and <laughs> really, it... really, really hated Vicky. Cannot. Cannot even put into yeah. words how I what I felt about that woman. I think that was intentional. But, oh, it for sure did, was. It's but did you cry things. when Eddie almost won? Uh, no. Did you cry when Eddie won the championship? Uh, no, because I wasn't really watching WWE at the time. Did you cry when Chris Benoit won the championship? Uh, yeah, Chris Benoit was one of my favorites. Yeah, but did you cry? Uh, probably not. You're a soulless bastard. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. I didn't have any other matches. I was just giving you shit, Earl. So if you want to take the reins here, you are more than welcome to. All right, Earl, pick out a couple of these matches. There are nine on the card. Um, and I want to get your takes on a couple of these. Uh, what should people be watching at SummerSlam? Uh, first off, it's going to be the Roman Reigns, uh, Brock Lesnar one. Um, not because I have a hard on for Roman Reigns. I'm just wearing his T-shirt. You, you've you worn a t-shirt on the pod several times. Every time WWE gets mentioned, you mention Roman Reigns. You just tried to get me to call him my tribal chief thingy, whatever. Well, yeah. um, it yeah. sounds like you're in a cult led by him, and I'm worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, that is the one that stands out to me the most because of the money in the bank that's lingering over it. Um, at first I said that I thought that they're both going to beat the living dog shit out of each other. And then, then theory comes in and cashes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think there'll be a clean winner. Um, okay. and theory will not. <laughs> and theory will not cash in because he's going to make a deal with Paul Heyman. Where he doesn't cash in, or he's gonna try to cash in. The Usos come in and beat the living dogs out of him. Um, so it doesn't happen. Um, that's the first one. The next one that I'm interested in is Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that. You did you read that one off? I yeah. missed that one. Yeah, that was the second oh. one I read. And, off. Uh, and he said, "Happy Corbin." Um, it's not Happy Corbin. It's bum ass Corbin. Okay. Um. That's Pat, Mac- Pat McAfee's name for it. Um, I just like the hype that they've built up to it to where Happy Corbin or Bumass Corbin um, assaults Pat McAfee from behind, cheap shots him, and then they get into a brawl, and then Pat McAfee comes out and makes a promo. Uh, personally, I like Pat McAfee just because, I mean, he's played football and then came to live his dream as the researchers are. Um I think McAfee wins because he took uh, took the loss at WrestleMania. So I think he gets a SummerSlam win. Um, next one, I would have to say... Definitely not Logan Paul. Definitely not... Can I, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Where does SummerSlam rank in terms of, like the hyped up pay-per-views right now. Not not like this year in particular, but like in the general scheme, like the last five years, is it 
Is it WrestleMania and then SummerSlam? You think SummerSlam's above Royal Rumble? Yeah. Yeah. SummerSlam's nickname is literally the biggest party of the summer. Okay. SummerSlam has been around for decades. Like, uh, so has the Royal Rumble. But well, yeah, yeah, but I, Royal Rumble doesn't have a moniker like biggest whatever of yeah. the winter. It doesn't need they, one. It's the freaking Royal Rumble. Yeah, but it's the biggest party of the summer as compared to the grandest stage of them all. So yeah, it's it I think it ranks number <laughs> okay. two. Okay. The fact that you're using the slogan as what makes it the second best is mind blowing to me. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I just don't understand it. Carry on. Carry on. Um, well that's Peter. Well, I mean, I will defer to you. You are you are the Roman Reigns uh nut grabber, uh whatever you want to call it. So uh Anyways, so I, I believe you, um, but uh, I, I just th- I always thought it was Royal Rumble. So the third match that I want to that I'm interested in is the Usos and the Street Profits. Okay, I'm curious about this. Why is Jeff Jarrett refereeing this match? What is it? Why is Jeff Jarrett now suddenly back with WWE? Star power, star power. So Jeff Jarrett is actually back with WWE as a producer. Oh, okay. Um, because it's in Nashville, Jeff Jarrett's hometown, they had to plug him in somewheres. Um, so it's going to obviously you know, be you there. know there's not actually an S at the end of that word, right? Somewheres. <laughs> and that's that's not actually the correct pronunciation of that. It was just well. somewhere. Somewhere. Oh well. Either way, they had to call in Star Power and did Roman did Roman Reigns tell you to add an S to words like that? Is that why? They had to get J E double F J A double R E double T. That's double J, Jeff Jarrett. Did you just have a stroke? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? You're not seeing a clear handball. Uh, you're talking about tribal chiefs, and then I, I think you just tried to spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> I don't know what happened. No, what I did spell was J E double F, J A double Fucking can't with you! I swear, I thought you were getting off at ten o'clock. No, I said when my wife shows up, but she hasn't showed up. No, I clearly have a text saying you'd be off at ten o'clock. Anyways, who cares? No, I did not say that. Okay. <laughs> Who cares? Um, all I know is I spelled. I think that's J, the. I think that's Jeff the hardest. I've, I think that's the hardest I've seen Seth laugh. <laughs> I tried hard not to laugh. Um, <laughs> so I'm interested in that match. Not be not only because Jeff Jarrett is there. Um, I love Jeff Jarrett. He's a really good guy. Um, Robert is right. By the way, that word does have an S. It just starts with it. It doesn't end with it. Somewheres. Somewheres. <laughs> it's not somewheres over the rainbow. It's Somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> somewheres is a word that I learned when I was a kid, so I don't want to hear it. He's not. Oh, okay, never mind. He is it, a kid. Robert, I, you, know, I, you know what? This is not a spelling bee podcast, but occasionally it is a bee podcast. It is. It is occasionally yeah. a bee podcast. 
<laughs> and if you add an R to that, we also have a beer podcast. Yes. We do. Yeah. And but magic. It's turned, it's turned more into a cocktail podcast lately. But, uh, but yeah, and some card magic and um, a wrestling podcast, <laughs> as you have been listening to for the last 30 minutes for some unknown reason. And, and starting uh, soon, a streaming podcast. Yeah. I'll believe that when I see it because I think I've heard starting soon uh, for about a month and a half now. So well, that's good. I guess it depends on your um, definition of soon. I did have a soon's. Am I saying that right? Soon's. Am I adding? Am I adding that? <laughs> I did have a question for you, Earl, about uh, about the two women's championship matches here on the title card. Now, is there any chance that Alexa Bliss throws her her throws some interference in one of these? Because I know apparently no. she, I know she's been getting a bullet, a push. No, Alexa Bliss won't interfere. Um. Of course she will. I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> no, so on the Alexa Bliss character, I don't think that she'll interfere with any of the matches because she's she's gonna be next in line anyways. Okay. Um so I don't think she interferes at all. But on that character, I do believe the fiend makes some kind of appearance possibly at the in the main event. Interesting. Because with trip with Triple H in charge, he did say that he's trying to right the wrongs of the past year. Uh-huh. So it, that's is one this of the, the biggest wrongs that was done. Is this the first full premium event where Triple H has been in charge? Or yes. is that okay? All right. So I, I was curious about that. And and so just to kind of close this out a little bit here, Earl, um with Triple H now being we, I've got I've got thirty more minutes of wrestling talk after this, by the way. So We'll close out SummerSlam, but then I'm going to talk to Earl about something else. <laughs> um, with, with Triple H now being head of creative for WWE, you know, where do you see this going? Do you see it being a little bit more free for the for the talent to to express you know, or have more involvement in yes. the roles, or do you think uh, Triple H kind of follows what McMahon was doing? No, I think it's complete opposite of what Vince was what Vince was doing. Um, so Triple H was actually in charge of NXT a couple years back. Mm-hmm. And that was when they had Finn Balor, they had Kevin Owens, Keith Lee, all these big name stars. Um, and NXT was actually competitive. That's when NXT did the invasion of Raw and SmackDown um, to establish itself as a third brand. Um, Triple H has really good ideas. Uh, I definitely look forward to having him in charge because it's going to be a lot of interest um especially for the younger generation who are watching the current NXT with well not now but Tommaso Ciampa um Johnny Gargano all these names that the young kids know that are on the main roster so now they'll get to see them on the main roster making pushes and actually competing for some kind of glory all right, and that's what I was curious about, you know, because obviously it's a it's a new era for WWE uh, with Vince McMahon no longer in charge of creative, stepping back from the company with his retirement. So um, it'll be interesting to see what goes forward. I mean, I've always kind of longed for a return to the uh, to the Attitude Era, but I, you know, I don't know that the talent is there for that anymore. I don't think you have enough names that to carry all the various types of feuds that they had back then. So 
Uh, I'm ex- I'm interested to see what happens. So before we go, I do need to get Seth your take. Um, I would ask Jacob, but he would not know. But Seth probably will. Is Ezekiel Elias? Is Ezekiel Elias? No. No. Lies. <laughs> I take back my shoulder shrug because I don't know what the hell you just talked about. Someone's the, only Ezekiel, the, only Ezekiel, the only Ezekiel I know is uh, my son. So, yeah. <laughs> No. Ezekiel is Elias. Okay. There you have it, folks. You heard it here from Earl. Ezekiel is Elias. Jacob has lost. Yeah, no idea what's going on. So I'm going to change the subject real quick. Speaking of Triple H and the Attitude Era, uh, Earl, and I, I sent the podcast to both of you. I don't know if Seth's kept up with it, but uh, have you listened to the latest episodes of the Book of Wrestling from The Ringer? No. Well, thanks, guys. Have a good night. And uh, <laughs> No, they, that's usually what I listen to at nighttime. Um, so that'll be listened to tonight. Well, they, you say that, but then there hasn't been an episode put up since Wednesday of last week. So I don't know how you haven't uh, listened to it. And I ran there's behind been several, on my podcast. There's been several nights. There's been several nights since then. <laughs> just saying. I ran behind on my podcast. I'm sorry. My man. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, the last two episodes have been on the Montreal Screwjob. Which you have mentioned several times Ooh. on this podcast. I gotta go listen to that. Um, and it is yeah. All are, I know is I've been hooked on very the, good episodes. I've this been whole podcast the J-E, has been the J E double F. Where the hell did he go? J E double F. He went to go Jeffafa. J E double double T. That's double J Jeff Jarrett. Again, I think he had a stroke. No, but. So is I, I want to talk about the book of wrestling just for a second. Uh, yeah. It's the 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 catchphrase for the podcast was twenty five catchphrases that describe the Attitude Era. Um, I'm not sure I would describe that catchphrase as accurate. Uh, he's talked about catchphrases, obviously, but um, uh, they kind of get lost in there. But it has been spectacular. It is it has gone. We are now through the Montreal Screwjob um, and basically broken every day everything down before and a little bit after that because uh, he didn't necessarily go in so, front of lunch quarter. Um, yes, Brett screwed Brett. I, I see you just looked at the titles Ooh. of the episodes. I see you just looked at the titles of the episodes. I think that's yeah. fine. So, uh, so those yeah, are... Brett screwed Brett. Oh, Earl didn't say it. Vince said it. Yeah. Uh, that was the making of Vince McMahon as we know oh. it. So, uh, yeah, I know. Um, <clears throat> very good episode. Very good podcast in general. Uh, if you are still somehow watching this, um, real quick, do either of you have stars? Uh, there's several stars outside my house right now. Yeah. No, the, the TV network stars. <laughs> no, 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 I, I no, I, I do not. Okay. I was gonna say, if you did, have you seen, have you watched Heels? Uh, no, no, okay. Isn't that an A&E? Uh, as I, as he as just had another mini stars. stroke. A&E? A&E? <laughs> Poor Earl. Yeah, as far as I know, it's on stars. But either way, the podcast is really good. If you're still listening to this soccer podcast, uh, 
right now, that means you're obviously somewhat interested in wrestling. Uh, go check out the Book of Wrestling by made by the Ringer. Um, very very good. Uh, yeah, Steve Austin, uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, X, yeah. Rock, it's, yeah. So it's the Attitude the, Era was the, the golden nineties. The golden age. It was the nineties. That's late late nineties, early thousands. Yeah, because the screwdriver isn't until ninety seven. Yeah, ninety six. So, okay, so ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere in there. So it's it's the late nineties, even into the early thousands. Actually, I think they describe it as like two years. It's like ninety six to ninety eight, but it has fingers that go into the two thousands. Yeah, I know the ruthless aggression era started two thousand two. I don't. I don't know what that means. And I watched it. Because that's, that's when John Cena made his debut and against Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle asks John Cena, what does he have to have that makes him worthy of going against him? And that's when the catchphrase was ruthless aggression. Um, but that was also when The Rock walked out, Stone Cold walked out, The Undertaker walked out, Brock Lesnar walked out. Oh dear God! I had lost him too. No, I, I just had to get back to the right side of Seth. It was throwing the the configuration was throwing me off. Yeah. Nah. I saw a, a, a clip of John Cena. Um, they were asking him about his some things that he said about The Rock when John Cena was first in WWE. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess he bad talked The Rock for not being there all the time and stuff like that and. And now he thanked The Rock because that, you know, The Rock definitely laid the groundwork for WWE stars to be in movies. Um, and Cena's followed in that path, uh, not nearly as successfully as The Rock, obviously, but uh, he has been in some stuff. And and I just thought it was great awareness by Cena to be like, yeah, I was dumb back then. I didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, so it's obviously, I, I appreciate what The Rock did and blah, 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 blah. And just, I just thought it was a cool little thing. I've always liked John Cena, so hearing him talk good things is good. If you're interested in Heels is on sale on Amazon for $14.99 for the entire first season. In case you're interested. Earl doesn't have that kind of money. <laughs> I work for the state. You make more than I do. I want you to shut your filthy pie hole is what I want you to do. Episodes. So yeah, like Yeah, that's not bad. A buck and a half an episode. I might go buy that. Watched in the 80s, had to take WDF Glow and watched it in the morning. There you go. Earl wasn't even born in the 80s, so. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I still watch wrestling from the 80s. <laughs> All right, everyone. I think that is going to just about do it for this evening. Uh, Jacob, go ahead and get us out of here. Ah, Robert, you are a champ uh, for lasting 144 minutes with like 40 of those being wrestling talk that. Uh, why are you looking like that? It's an hour and 44 minutes, not 144 minutes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so with that, um, thank you, Robert, for sitting here listening to me talk about J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. That's double J, Jeff Jarrett. We do appreciate you. Jacob is now done drinking again, so he can take it back over. I shouldn't have drank it. It was just melted water and, like, the tiniest little bit of drink left. It wasn't very good. But, uh, okay. <clears throat> Reset. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for watching for an hour and 45 minutes. The last 30 minutes of that, at least, being wrestling talk from an era that you don't seemingly know anything about. Uh, that is 
that is awesome. We we don't even we don't even have United fans that do that. So appreciate you. Um, I don't know where Harry disappeared to. Uh, he was there, but he's he likes to go to bed early too. But uh, nevertheless, Harry, uh, thank you for being in the chat earlier, and uh, just thank you guys for for letting us do this. It's not we don't get paid for it or anything, but we enjoy doing it. We enjoy hearing feedback from you guys and talking with you guys live in the chat here. So catch us next Tuesday, same time. Hopefully we're talking about a five, nothing win against a Red Bulls team. That is just absolutely atrocious. Uh, and if, uh, we lose or tie this game, um, Seth might be here by himself because, uh, his emotions don't exist. Uh, and me and Earl might be too emotionally wrecked, uh, in order to do anything about it. Um, so yeah, next week on Tuesday, nine o'clock. And, uh, it was a handball by Kalen Wright. Peace out. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL and the New Mexico runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.